Hey guys, brand new, some something's burning. I almost caught a fucking something's burning. Brand new open tabs. I'm the man with three shows. Burtcast, where I interview people. Something's burning. We got an affirmative on a possible of Joe Rogan campaigns hunting something's burning today when I did the Joe Rogan experience. Pretty fucking excited. And this show is open tabs. It is where I go through... And I leave all my tabs open for the entire weekend uh, when I peruse the internet, even porn. And then we go through close them and I tell you what I learned. Should be a good fucking... Uh, did you see the picture of Ben Affleck going to rehab? Yes. Bro, that broke my heart. He looks awful. He doesn't look so good. And fucking Jennifer Gardner is a goddamn fucking gangster. Every man should be lucky enough to have that, a woman like that in their lives. Are they, are they married? No, man. No. For real. For real. She just fucking loves him. She's fucking amazing, man. Shout out to Jennifer Garner. Uh, shout out to ben, Amf- ben, Aff- ben Affleck. I hope things get better, man. I hope you find some happiness. I know. I, I don't. I don't know where it's to be to be where he is. But I've had friends that have been there, and that just bums. I'll, I'll pull up the picture later. I'm not going to open with that. Why, Bert? Because we open with this. Fucking midnight tonight, August 24th. My Netflix special, Secret Time, airs. What is this, Bert? Oh, shit. A little trailer. Ah! blinding joke. That's my cousin, Tom. We're just getting drunk and telling secrets, secrets, motherfuckers. That's a ziplining joke. Secret Time, when my wife has an orgasm, she looks like Elvis. That's true. Whatever your mom said is fine, but this is your dad talking now. When When it comes comes to drugs, drugs, just just take half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wake up, I'm like, oh, fuck. I grab two Diet Cokes, go to the parent-teacher conference, sit down, crack my Diet Coke, take a sip, and realize I have a Coors Light. <laughs> that is a game-time decision. Survey says... We went ziplining the whole family. The first rule of ziplining is when in doubt, spread them out. George is like, I don't know, that's our new catchphrase. When in doubt, spread them out. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> I am not sending you two to high school, the old win and doubt spread them out, girls. girls. This airs tonight. Secret time. Burt Kreischer, it's Netflix. Comedy. It's comedy. It's comedy. Go check it out. Uh, just have fun with it. It's out there for the next four years. So if you can't see it tonight, see it Monday. See it next week. Have a Do on a date. Whatever. Thank you. Fucking thank you, everyone. Thank you in advance for watching my special. Thank you. Don't think I won't be playing that trailer every day for the rest of the fucking time I have this goddamn podcast. Thank you. Thank you. How do we start off the podcast today, Bert? We start off the podcast by talking about the goddamn triathlon I never talked about. I never talked about the triathlon. Now listen, if I'm someone, if I am anything, I'm someone who does something and talks about it incessantly. I only do things to talk about them. I only do things to talk about them. I only live life to talk about it. That is my whole purpose on this planet is to talk about the shit I do on stage. That's it. That's it. Did I ever tell you about the time I ran a uh, marathon? Oh, maybe I did. No training. Five hours, 33 minutes, 33 seconds. Fucking killed it. Mile 22, both my calves seized up. My quads went into my legs. Lady in front of me shit her pants. And I said, that's why you start. Look, I'm a guy. That's what I do. I'm a comedian. That's all I do is I just love telling stories. I love telling a good story. I told a really great story on the Rich Eisen uh, show the other day. Did I tell you about that? Is that the clip that's on Twitter? It might be. It's a great fucking story. 
uh, that needs a tad bit of a footnote. I fucked it up a tad bit. In like probably the biggest way you could fuck up a story. I fucked it up a tad bit. Let's listen to the story real quick. I did the Rich Eisen show, which has been a dream of mine. I've seen Rich Eisen. He's on channel 500 on DirecTV. And every time I get on the treadmill, I throw it on 500 to see what movies are on. And it's always, if it's a Rich Eisen show, I watch it immediately. He's done great interviews with Bill Burr, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell. He has, he is like a legit high, it is a high-end talk show. Talk about sports a lot. I'm not a big sports guy, but I played baseball in high school, uh, com- legit competitively, went to college, possibly was going to walk on, walked off, got high. That's the end of that career. But I went to Florida State. I told a great story about Brooks and Dunn, uh, the band Brooks and Dunn, I thought were the uh, linebacker and running back, Warwick Dunn and Derek Brooks. But I told that on the story, and it's a good. Watch the Rich Eisen show. Go see the full clip. Uh, you know me. I guarantee you, if you haven't heard the story already, you'll hear it again. I tell if if it's a good story, I'll tell it twice. That's the way my life. That's I should be the next uh, thing. Away. Anyway, he was asking. He was asking me about Dom Mattingly. I'm going to play the story now. I had a really interesting experience with Dom Mattingly when I was a child. I'm going to play his clip. Here's the problem. It wasn't Don Mattingly. <laughs> it was Dave Magadan. And you, I'll stop this and tell you why. I, I knew it was the, Don Mattingly and Dave Magadan kind of folded into one. I know that Don Mattingly played for the Yankees. The Yankees had spring training in Tampa. Dave Magadan played for the Mets, but he also went to my high school. That's who I was thinking about. Dave Magadan. Dave Magadan. But when you think, when you go to tell a story and someone says Don Mattingly, I just heard Don Mattingly and went, oh yeah, I have a great Don Mattingly story. And so I told this great story to, by the way, Rich Eisen's favorite baseball player ever is Don Mattingly. And I'm literally like, oh, Don Mattingly, he went to high school with me. He grew up in Tampa. He's like, he grew up in Indiana. And I was like, what am I, fucking Wikipedia? I should have said, no, the story I have is about a guy who went to my high school. And then we all would have figured out it was Dave Magadan. But I got so, so caught up at the moment, I just was like, no, it's Don Mattingly. It's definitely Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly, I don't really know anything about Don Mattingly. But here's the story. It's a great story. Footnote, every time you hear the name Don Mattingly, replace it with Dave Magadan. Okay? By the way, I'm sorry to the entire Rich Eisen uh, staff who I told an amazing story to. And poor Don Mattingly, sit, let's just hear the story. What happened with you and Don Mattingly? That's okay. So just understand this as you tell this story. <laughs> uh, and I know I'm telling this to a man who just told that story about being nicknamed the machine uh, because that's the way that you got in tight with the Russian mafia. Yeah. And are planning on your. Why would it? Why would it just move it down? Here we go. Back to the story. Fully understand. I'm telling that guy <laughs> that Don Mattingly is my favorite baseball player of all time. Okay, Don Mattingly. I okay. is from Tampa. Okay. Okay. He's from he's from Indiana. No, but he, he, he someone should have stopped me right there because the guy the story I'm telling about he's from Tampa. Dave Magnet is from Tampa. Lou Pinella is his godfather. I knew I, these are all facts I would have shared had someone just asked me a little bit because these were all things I knew. Okay, Dave Magnet went to Jesuit. He his Lou Pinella is his godfather. I knew this because Lou Pinella is a baseball god in Tampa. All right. Everyone somehow was related to Lou Pinella. And growing up, we knew Lou Pinella. 
Him and Fred McGriff would take batting practice. Well, the Yankees training, yeah, yeah. spring training complex was in Tampa, Florida. That's what I meant to say. Okay. I'm not Wikipedia. So, <laughs> him and Fred McGriff. That's the name of my next hour. I'm not Wikipedia. But now, every time you hear Don Mattingly, just replace it with Dave Magadan. Would take BP <laughs> at our high school. Jesuit. Okay? okay. So, they show up. Don Mattingly had just a badass uh, uh, Mercedes. And him and Fred McGriff so show up. So, this is in the 80s. We're talking in the 80s. No, this is right? the 90s. The 90s. 90s. Not, well, probably, yeah, you're probably 89. <laughs> okay. 80, 89. Sure. So, me and Scott Bobier get in trouble, and we got to run player appreciation. <laughs> Fred McGriff and Don Mattingly are taking batting practice oh. on our field. A player appreciation was when you had to run from home plate to each of the sponsor's signs in the, in the fence. Mm-hmm. So, they're taking batting practice, and we're like, what are the odds that we're going to get hit by a ball? So we're doing left field, and I'm talking to Scott, and we're jogging, and Scott's telling me some inane story, and all of a sudden, a baseball hits him in the back of the head, and he goes flat on the ground unconscious. <laughs> and I look up, and Don Matting and Fred McGriff are dying laughing. Dave and I'm like, And they're like, sorry. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm like, Babir, are you okay? And he like pops up, and he's like, what happened? I go, fly ball hit you in the back of the head. And he's like, oh. And they're like, Bring the ball back. We'll sign it. <laughs> we're like, okay. So we keep running, and we're now we're in right field, and Scott's telling another story and just sink ball again. And I hear them go, 50 bucks. <laughs> and we're like, ah. And then Fred McGriff's like, Good bring story. it back. We'll sign both of them. You can both have a ball. <laughs> so after that, they were just aiming at <laughs> Dude, after that story is fantastic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don Melly and Fred McGriff. Tell me I'm lying. Uh, you're lying, Bert. You're not lying. You're just incorrect. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying because it's a true story. And I was so excited that his favorite baseball player I had had an interaction with. If I had just done a, if I had just said a couple more facts, everyone in the room would have been like Dave Magadan, Dave Magadan, Dave Magadan. By the way, shout out to Dave Magadan and Fred McGriff. Dave Magadan is the one that I finished this story and I go, he used to, I remember he used to pull his, he had a, like a black, like big body Mercedes and he'd pull it up. And it was in a dusty parking lot. I remember him getting out and looking at his rims. I was like, you're a baseball player. You're always dirty. What are you worried about rims now that I have a car with rims? I'm lying. So next time Mattingly's on the show, because we've never had the crime dog, they have to remember the time when two high school kids in Tampa, Florida, <laughs> yep. were their own like personal target practice. I can tell you where they parked their car. That's how true this story is. It's a tr- I mean, it's a true story. Here's the biggest problem. I, I don't say anything because I wonder if Don Mattingly was just be like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Poor Don Mattingly. Fred McGriff was definitely fucking there. You don't forget that name, Fred McGriff, the crime dog. So, but th- shout out to the Rich Eisen show. I had a fucking blast. Um, follow them on Rich Eisen Show, right here. Rich Eisen Show. Let's see if we can get a big. Rich At Rich Eisen Show. He's at Rich Eisen. Chris, all of them, they're fucking awesome. Thank you for having me in yesterday. Next time I come in with stories, I will be so much more uh, fact. I'll have a fact checker with me. I'll have a statistician to come in and check. All right, let's talk about the triathlon. By the way, shout out to Dave Magadan if you're like, uh I'm not doing anything. I think he's retired. Want to come on my podcast? Come on my podcast. Talk about Jesuit. Um, same with Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff, I think, went to Jefferson. By the way, I should start saying I think because I just go in with the story. I get so excited and I tell you the facts. And then I'm like, huh, that's interesting. He didn't. Fred McGriff definitely went to Jefferson. That's how positive I am about this story. Fred McGriff definitely went to Jefferson High School. Google where Fred McGriff went to high school. Halston, what are you doing? Just checking what? out your Instagram? No, looking up the baseball players you're talking about. I'm sure I have Don, Dave Magadan on here. Let's see. Let's. Oh, Secret Time? Oh, my God. Did that just pop up? Whoa, is that my website? 
Holy shit. Look what Leanne did to my website. McGriff went to Jefferson. Bam. I told you. McGriff went to Jefferson. Leanne fucking killed it. Look at my website. Let's check out some tour dates real quick while we're at it. See if Leanne did that. I'm in Irvine tonight. Uh, some shows are sold out. If you need tickets, if you want tickets, I get them now. Oxnard Levity Live next weekend. Improv Kansas City in two weekends after that, or three weekends. Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. San Jose Improv. Funny Bone in... Omaha? 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 What the fuck's wrong with me? All right. Asia Art. Triathlon. I know. I got to get out of all this fucking gossip bullshit. Um, all right, hang on. Let's let's just real quick. Don Mattingly. Okay. Don Mattingly. Okay. Let's see. He played for the. Let's see who's a better baseball player, Dave Magadan or Don Mattingly. Okay. Batting average throughout all seasons, three oh seven. That's pretty fucking good. By the way, Don Mattingly is fifty seven now. From Evansville, Indiana. He hit 222 home runs. He's... Wow. He started with the Yankees and ended with the Yankees. 13 years. No. No, 13 years. All right, let's go to Dave Magadan. Dave Magadan. Dave Magadan, Tampa Jesuit. Early years. Tampa post he played for post 48 post 248 was the Cuban one growing up I played for post 111 that was the redneck one well he started in 86 well I guess they're the same age Don Mattingly and Dave I wonder if Don Mattingly was there now that I say that you know what I take all that back Don Mattingly was definitely there oh no no I'm sorry he played until yeah he played in from they played the same years Interesting. He's 55. So maybe it was Don Mattingly. Who fucking knows? Hey, Don Mattingly, Dave Magadan, get back at me. Find out. It might have been both of them. Because they were both down in Tampa for spring training. Except he never played for the Yankees. He played for the Mets. I doubt they'd get together. Dave Magadan, Don Maybe they knew each other growing up. In, in the, why, why? Okay, I got to get... I guess someone got... Okay. Let's... Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Back to the triathlon. Now, men's health. Connor Reed hit me up from men's health. He was like, yo, I loved what you guys did on Sober October. I love what you did for the, let's see. I love what you did. Jesus Christ. I love what you did for uh, Sober October. I love that you did the marathon. I love that you did this shit. I'm working over at men's health and I wanted to follow you on your next adventure. And I was like, well, it's so interesting. I've always wanted to do a triathlon. And he was like, let me cover it. I was like, okay. So he came out. Interviewed me out in LA, interviewed me with a triathlon coach, got me a nutritionist who should be on the podcast any day now. We should have, we still have her, right? Mm-hmm. She had a great podcast, Cynthia Sass. Cynthia Sass. And, uh, and I went and I trained for everything. I got it and I did the triathlon. That's it. I was, did you think that was the story I was going to tell? Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. So let's cover it. Let's show. This is the sizzle, that, the trailer that Men's Health Magazine put out today. It's got 6,000 views. 
and it just went out like a little bit ago. I'm going to rip it. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. This is the men's health trailer for the covering the documentary uh, that they're going to do on me uh, on the tr- regarding the triathlon. Here we go. Let's watch it. You think this is okay? You think you can run a triathlon with your snacks? Rory Scoble. Bert? We're in Pittsburgh. I'll do a theater. My name is Bert Kreischer. I'm a stand-up comedian, elite athlete, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm getting ready for a triathlon. So it's a quarter mile swim, three mile jog, and then a 12 mile bike ride, I think. I ran a marathon recently, the LA Marathon, with no training. That was my brag, and no training. And I think I messed my body up. And so I'm not doing that again. You ready? Did you train for it? Not me. Once I ran the LA Marathon, I couldn't walk for like a week. I couldn't run at all for a month. And I just started putting on weight. And that's why I want to train, because I don't want to blow out my body. Wow, that's going to be coming out soon. Follow Men's Health on uh, Men's Health Mag on Instagram. On they have four point five five million fucking followers. Jesus, it's a, that seems like a lot. So follow Men's Health Magazine. Not that they need your follow, but. They don't follow me. Wouldn't hurt maybe if I'm following them right now. So when we did the triathlon, I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know everything. I, I, when I started to do the triathlon, I, I really kind of came at it with um, like I'm gonna train hard as fuck, and I did. Here's the problem, and it's not the problem. It's the thing that I learned is that Cynthia told me that if I'm gonna train, you need to build muscle so that you can. It's not just about losing weight. Now I've only trained to lose weight. I've never trained to gain muscle. I've only trained to just shred pounds. And when I do that, I eat a thousand calories, if that, and I work out. That's not super healthy, is what I learned. And so when I got on this, I think I was like 237, 241, and I got up to. And by the way, this is part of the road. I got up to like the biggest I've ever been, even when almost as big as when Tom and I started the weight loss challenge. And so I got up to like 250 because I was working out and I was eating like crazy. So I'm working out, I'm putting in, I'm, I'm doing, uh, you'll hear this on the podcast, but I'm doing oatmeal in the morning. I'm having lean protein with greens all day long. And then, you know, and then, and then I was drinking for the majority of it. So I really was having, we were trying to shoot for 2,600 calories every day and I was having 3,000 a lot of days and burning only like 3,500, 4,200 4, 4, at my most was like my most calorie burn. Um, I would go to the pool every morning. I'd swim a quarter of a mile uh, direct without stopping. I'd take a break and I'd swim another quarter of a mile. That would take me 18 minutes, 20 minutes, 23 minutes, right around there. I'd get out. I'd run three miles right after that, right at the park by the pool. And, and that was my main workout. That was what I did every day. I then sometimes would ride my bike down to my friend Tom and Sandy's house, which is three and a half miles away. I'd then jog to the pool, which is a mile and a half away. Uh, swim half a mile and then jog back, get on my bike and ride home. I did that a lot too. I'd go on bike rides on Saturday mornings because on Saturday mornings, let me rephrase that. I went on bike rides on Saturday morning. One time I went on a bike ride on Saturday morning because well, traffic in Los Angeles is fucking scary as shit. 
even on Saturday morning. You got to be up at like seven in the morning so that you're not getting the fucking lunatic Uber drivers who are not from this country so more than often and do not have a regard for a human being on a bicycle. They they almost think you are the same as them and if they run you over, it's your fault also. That almost happened to me and it scared me and the guy's like, fuck you, fuck you. You're right, you're right. I'm trying to avoid a racist accent and just making it a nondescript racist accent. Uh, he had cerebral palsy. Yeah, he had cerebral, cer- cer- cerebral, cerebral. I dated a chick with cerebral palsy. So those are my workouts on the road. I would go to Lifetime Fitness, which happened to be at the two places I was at when I was training, and well, and I was also on in Alabama and Tampa, and I trained there, and I trained pretty hard. Now let's get to the triathlon. I get to the triathlon. I'm probably 240 fucking pounds. I haven't lost any weight. I'm the exact same size as I was when I started. I'm very unattractive in my tri-suit. My tri-suit, instead of being all black and cool as fuck, had this green underbelly like an iguana. So I looked like a fat iguana sunning himself on a rock. I put it on. I don't look good. By the way, me getting out of that pool in the tri-suit is the night before the triathlon. That's how big I was for the triathlon, which is an interesting sidebar when you consider that my triathlon coach, Ian Connors, looked at me, assessed me, and said, your goal time is going to be an hour 45. If you can get an hour 45, I think you've trained good. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. If, considering you'll lose a little weight, I think if you can do an hour 45, then that, that is amazing for you. And I went, okay, so an hour 45 was my goal time. Get to the triathlon morning of. My buddy Eric's with me. His son Carter's with me. And Eric is skinny as shit. And as we pull up, I start feeling self-conscious because I realize not very many people try a triathlon at 45. Very few people, if any, try a triathlon at 45. No, let me rephrase that. It is unheard of for a grown man at 240 pounds at 45 years old to try a triathlon. But fuck it, I'm rolling the dice. And as them pulling up, they're all talking to Eric like it's his triathlon. Because he's in great shape. By the way, he admittedly said he could never do a triathlon. He was like, I would be one of my goals to accomplish one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's me. It's me. As I go to check in, they're like, you must be here for our Clydesdale division. And I'm like, what? A Clydesdale and Athena's. Athena's are for the big girls. Clydesdale's are for the big boys. And I was like, no, I'm just here to run the regular triathlon. And they're like, are you sure? And now I'm realizing... Clydesdales are coming in at that time. That's why Ian had guessed that time for me. No one does the regular triathlon in that time. Like regular triathlon, they're doing it in like 45 minutes, some people. That's a stretch. I'm guessing right now. But like people are doing it quick. The triathlon that we're talking about is a quarter mile swim, 10 mile bike ride, and a three mile run. So get dressed, get my whole little station set up, put my bike up, get my shoes organized, ice water in the bikes, I put on my tri-suit, everyone's staring, I literally walk over to the water, give my phone to Eric, and he starts taping me, and he's going to do all my Instagram for the triathlon. You can find the triathlon on my Instagram up in the saved stories if you want to follow it and see how I did. Get to the water, and everyone had always told me, when it comes to the swimming, take your time. Don't Rush it, right? Get to the water, in the water, and I'm just casually swimming, not thinking too much about it, and I'm not really pushing it, and I'm looking around, checking my surroundings, and I realize everyone on the side is like 
barely doing shit. They're swimming far off to the side. They're almost going in the fucking wrong direction. And I'm like, oh, this must be a lot of first timers out here. I'm like, I'm dead center in the heat of it. I'm in the middle. I mean, I'm actually leading the pack. There's four people in front of me. And by the time we get out to get out to the buoy, like 10, 20 yards from the buoy, I'm like, dude, this is next level. Like, I'm fucking winning this goddamn thing. Like, fucking hour 45. I'm going to win it. There's only four guys in front of me. Four fucking guys. I get to the buoy. Now, anyone who's a fan of this show knows, knows full well I have Googled the fuck out of swimming. I have Googled the fuck out of triathlons. I have Googled the fuck out of everything triathlon swimming based. That is an obsession of mine. As much as flash floods and uh, spear fishing, I am into triathlon swimming. And I had seen a move they do when they get to the buoy where you paddle with this arm. And then with this arm, you flip it up over your back. You go up over your back. Let's see if we can find one. I'll see if we can find the guy that's doing it. Triathlon swimming buoy. Yeah, here we go. Buoy. Here we go. I'll show you the exact move I did. Almost identical. Let's put this in fucking YouTube. By the way, I'm sorry that everything got... How are we doing on time? Uh, good. 25 minutes. I'm sorry that everything got pulled down last week so many times. Um... It was that song. We're going to have to stay away from some hip-hop songs for a little bit. Especially brand new ones. Um, uh, how to swim fast around buoys. Are you ready for this? This is exactly what I did. For most of us, the majority of our swimming... By the way, this couple is all about triathlons and all about outdoor swimming. I have known more about this couple than you than I care to share. He, you want me to tell you about this couple? They think they both started in indoor swimming, as everyone does, in pools. She still has an indoor stroke. He has a outdoor stroke. If you hear me on Rogan, you today I just did Joe's podcast today. If you hear me talk, I talk ad nauseum about spearfishing. As if I'm a fucking expert. Because I've Googled so much fucking spearfishing pushing off the wall every length here we go so swimming around a boy in the triathlon can fit sight on approach Firstly, i did this correct make sure you sight this was me your approach and that you're heading on the most direct I did this line perfect. to the boy i did As this perfect get- i'd heard followed all their directions now here's the fucking flaw in their direction is if you're a competitive swimmer yeah stay online but if this is your first triathlon get out to the outside get away from fucking everyone and just add maybe 20 yards to your swim and maybe a minute and you don't get hurt this is what I did. It's a start heading for the side of the boy that you need to round rather yeah. than directly at the boy. Did all this. You even started you calling it a boy. The boy as close boy. as you can without catching your arms. That's what I if did. If you have other swimmers around you, avoid cutting them up or swimming into them. Get- okay, I didn't do that. I cut off everyone. I cut off. I got to the boy. Boy. And I did exactly what they say right here. Your legs knocked down or your arms tangled with another swimmer can really slow you down and waste valuable energy. I did this. You should actually maintain or increase your arm rate as you enter the turn. A common mistake is to slow your stroke down or glide in, but really you just want to get past it and find your rhythm again on the other side. Also, try to keep your head down as you round the boy, as lifting it will only slow you down and cause your legs to drop, I acting slowed. a little like a break. 
I you can even use your head to direct you around the buoy a little bit quicker. So keep your head in the water as much as possible at this moment. Let me see if I can keep find the exact move. Keep your legs move around the buoy to avoid your feet being swum over. Once your legs get pushed down, it's really hard to bring them back up again. A little splash will deter most people from messing with you. Dude, I did all as of this incorrect. As soon as you've rounded the buoy, start sighting for the next one to find the shortest line. Leave it too late and you could be heading in the wrong direction. Without a black line to follow on the bottom of a pool, it's amazing how far off course you can go in a short time. So make sure you return back to the regular sighting pattern as quickly as possible. So we're giving you some- Okay, by the way, they don't show the move I did, but I did the move and I did everything they said not to do. I actually slowed down a little bit. I actually dropped my legs. And then this Chinese guy jumped on my stomach and pushed me underwater by like fucking five feet and I sucked in water. And then I popped up and I started treading water and people started climbing over me like it was the WWF. And I was getting held underwater ad nauseum and I kept popping up only to get have someone swim over the top of me. I literally was like, imagine if they were like, hey guys, the concert starts in five minutes, but we're opening the doors now. And I ran to the front, in front of the door and then I just got trampled in the water I'm guessing like 40 feet of water, think I'm going to die, don't know what I'm going to do, and I, and I literally looked to one of the guys on the, on the, on the, there are these guys on paddle boards, like lifeguards, and I looked at him at one point and like raved my hand like, I think I need rescuing. I couldn't breathe. By the way, I'm gassed. I didn't realize that if you follow the front of the pack, you're swimming fast as fuck. I felt so good and I had so much adrenaline, I just fucking flew. And then, I and then I literally had to do the rest of the swim. I'm not joking. Uh, not the rest of it, but at least 200 yards on my back, breathing. Just going. <sighs> trying to calm down. Trying to fucking feel how to like just get back into rhythm. And then finally, last 100 yards, I get back into rhythm. I swim. I finish strong. I go out. I get on the bike. Ready? Mistake number two. My, I don't, I'm, I have real tactile issues, so I don't like sand in my socks, but my feet are covered in dirt. So I take my water bottle off of my bike and I rinse my feet. I didn't even think to have something to rinse your feet in. I rinse my feet. I put my water bottle on the inside of me, dry my feet, put my socks on, put my bike shoes on, put on my helmet, sunglasses on the bike, and I'm off. Leaving the water bottle right next to my, th no fucking, I've now had no fucking water and I'm going on a 10 mile bike ride. Luckily, I had another water on my bike, but it was in not the position that you want to reach for. And by the time I got to being thirsty, I'm going uphill. Once I get on the bike, I am fucking flying. I don't know if you can see my bike. It's right there, but it is a great bike and I am hauling ass. I'm flying past everyone on the straightaway and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Did Once again, Bert, you're just a superior athlete. Do they not know that you can pedal harder? It's a 10 mile bike ride. It's entirely flat. It's not entirely flat. There's a huge uphill we're coming to that is technically three miles. And I get to the uphill and I watch every one of motherfucker, the any every one of these motherfuckers that had conserved their energy pass right fucking by me. And now I have to piss, okay? So I'm on the bike contemplating, do I piss? I know that that happens in triathlons, that people just go to the bathroom to save time. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to piss all over my bike because then it's going to get all over the chain and in my brand new shoes and all my tri suit. And then I'll be jogging and piss for three miles. Get to the uphill. And once I get to the uphill, there's a downhill, obviously. At the downhill, I fucking open it up. 
I am going what my watch says. I have this great watch. Shout out to Garmin. Uh, I think it's a 5X. I'm going downhill at what my watch says is 35 miles per hour. I look at my watch like, whoa, we're hauling ass. And I am flying by people. Now, in my head, I look at one guy and I notice he doesn't have clip-ins. So I'm like, that's why he's going that slow. Then I pass a woman and I go, typically, I'm a little heavier. I'm going to go faster than her. And as I get to the turn... I see a cop waving his hands like, hairpin turn, hairpin turn. And I'm like, fuck. Arr! Slide like a fucking movie about bikers in New York who are hustling drugs from Harlem to get away from gangsters that are chasing him. I slide onto fucking Madison Avenue. Arr! almost hitting the cop car that is making sure that no one goes past and over the fucking cliff. And I fucking go back into another downhill and now I'm terrified of downhills. So if anyone passes me, I'm just going, just making sure you're going faster than me. Get to the bike part, drop the bike off. And let me tell you, I am fucking gassed. All anyone can say to me is like, bro, you're going really fast. Like slow down. You're going way too fast. You did the you did the swim in like I think I did the swim in like ten minutes, which is pretty fucking fast for a quarter mile swim in open water, especially considering I did half of it on my back. Okay, they're like you just did the bike in like forty minutes, and that we were expecting like an hour. I'm, I'm by the way I'm ballparking. You can go on and find my exact times if you want. And I put my shoes on, and I think I just got to keep shuffling my feet. Some idiot, someone told me like, so when you did the marathon, you just just kept shuffling your feet, and I was like, yeah, that's how you run. He was like, you just went like shuffle, 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 shuffle. I was like, yeah, that's how you run a marathon. You just, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you, that's what the fuck you do. So I just keep shuffling my feet. By the way, we're jogging through a park. I don't know if you know anything about LA parks, but on Saturdays and Sundays, LA parks, Mexicans show up at 6 a.m. when the park opens and they set out lawn chairs and they basically sit and claim territory like in Far and Away with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. They claim property of land and then they own it. They put up big tents. They put up volleyball courts. They put up bases and play baseball, but they literally with sometimes with police tape, they they auction off, they own their fucking property and they all grill out permit patty would have a fucking field day they all grill out it is smoke everywhere and that's what we're jogging through we're jogging through families literally throwing one of those nerf what was that noise nerf footballs in the path they're standing in the path we're jogging in and they're throwing nerf footballs back and forth to each other we're running and people's softballs are running into our feet we're running through people i get to a mile i get to one mile and i am like Dude, I am all but dead. I, once again, forgot fucking water. No water. I have no water on this jog. I get to 1.25 miles and there's water. I'm like, thank God. By the way, we're entering a desert area where we're not in the park anymore. We're off trailing. Uh, get to the water and the lady goes, sorry, we're all out. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She goes, we have some ice cubes. So I'm like, great. So I throw a big fucking ice iceberg of an ice like just no shape to it just you know the kind of ice that just no shape to it in my mouth it's poking out both my jaws and i'm just jogging like <laughs> melt 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 get to 1.1.5 miles and i start feeling good get to 1.6 and i'm feeling awesome and i start pushing it and i finish my run my th my three mile run in 30 minutes which ultimately means i probably did my first one in in 12 
which I did this on the half marathon. I ran slow up front just to make sure I had energy. Did my second one at like 10 and I did my last mile at eight and I fucking pushed it. And I finished the triathlon in an hour and 21 minutes. A full 24 minutes faster than they thought I'd do it. You weren't last, right? I wasn't last. I was 70th. Out of how many? 79. There were nine people that were worse than me. I think one guy had no legs. I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making a joke about it. I think there, one guy had no legs. I, I, I hope I beat him. But So that was a triathlon. We've covered it from front to bottom. Um, I apologize I didn't do this when it was day and date appropriate, where you were somewhat interested, and you didn't hear portions of this on Segura's podcast. But, uh, dude, Segura's podcast was fun as fuck the other day. That was an amazing episode. Was it? Yeah, he spent so much money on those cartoons. He's, oh, let's see the cartoon real yeah, quick. Yeah, pull him up. It's got to be on Instagram, right? I think Jamie found it on your mom's house YouTube. Let's see. Your mom's house YouTube. Oh, my God. Wow. Hold on. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen... This is the new pr promo to my uh, my special secret time, as paid for by Tom Big Tommy Buns Segura. Enjoy. About to pass out. We're about to pass out. <laughs> Fucking what a dickhead. What he a spent money on announcers for you and cartoons and <laughs> what a fucking This episode of Your Mom's House is brought to you by Sattva Luxury Mat. What the fuck's he doing? He does ads on his YouTube? Hell it's yeah. The only online mattress company that provides free delivery. Do you know what this means? He has an a teleprompter. Mattress removal. Well, welcome. And with the third show, and fill her up the TV slash your mom's this was, house. Was this the episode I was on? Shows you come in at about like 40 minutes. Watch the comedy show that changed what comedy can be. <laughs> the cultural impact of this special will be felt for generations to come. What a fucking. How do we get out of this fucking page? It was a fun time doing their podcast. It was a real fucking fun time. So, um, and I did Joe's today. Let's see. I don't know if it's up yet. Right now, he was having, I think he's doing three today. Vince was that. Was uh, let's not stream live Joe's podcast with Gerard Carmichael. Let's see if we can go to the page. Um, what is that? Loud noise. I think there's construction behind us again. Okay. Um, but yeah. All right, we'll get out of this. Uh, we'll get out of this. We got to wrap this up. This is gonna be an early one. Uh, I apologize. When 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 feminism is white supremacy and heels, 
I saw this article. It's so fucking interesting. Can I just read to you the things in this article that I found fascinating? Let's see it let's real quick before we uh, we'll get out of that. That's really sad. Nicki Minaj got me pulled down. Apparently, she's crazy now. I agree. Donald Trump uh, mocks Donald Trump Jr. mocks Michelle Wolf after Netflix gives her the boot. Classy. That's all I'll say. It's classy. I, I wanted. I wanted. Yeah. It's classy. Google search. Well, let's do a Google search. Harlan Williams is on something's burning along with. Michael Rosenbaum. By the way, this is a great interview with Michael Rosenbaum. It's only got 1,900 views. Michael Rosenbaum, if you don't know, is Lex Luthor on Smallville. Really fucking fascinating guy. He's been a working actor his whole adult life. He's my age right now. And uh, he did an interview with this guy, Riker Lynch. It's a really fucking great interview. I watched it, and it's just the two of them, are they're just off. Uh, they're not trying to be anything that they aren't. And that's what makes a great fucking interview. American Airlines, Leanne and I are going to Paris. This is uh, measuring how far some of my trips in my UK tour are going to be. If I can drive them. Here's Theo Vaughn's podcast. I did that yesterday. We're almost out. What is toxic femininity? Okay. I just want to read you the rules. I want to read... By the way, I just think this is interesting. And I'm not shitting on it. I hope you understand I'm not shitting on it. This is an article written by a black woman talking about how white women who say they aren't racist are really in fact racist. And I have a joke about this. And what's interesting, what I find fascinating is that I find some of the most racist people to be the people who go, I'm not racist. And they, they do these things that drive, and I didn't know what they were called. Like, I like people who just go like, I don't know what the fuck I am, man. I'm just regular. Like, I'm just a regular person. I'm not better than anyone. I'm not worse than anyone. I just try to get through life loving everyone. And I say fucked up shit. And I hear fucked up shit. I laugh at fucked up shit. I like those kind of people, you know? By the way, what I just described is black dudes, okay? That's black dudes. That's You hang out with Donnell Rollins. He's not going to bite his tongue on shit. He'll say whatever the fuck he wants. But he's got a, he's got an open heart. And he wants to love. And then I don't think he... I don't think he judges people based on their skin color, but he recognizes it when he interacts with them. Look, I'm no, I'll tell you this. I'm no better than, than Donnell Rollins. I'm Donnell Rollins in fucking heels. Not in heels. Why was I saying heels? Anyway, here are some things that, that, and this is about white women, but I think this goes for white men too. I think what this really is going for and what I found it to be is it's going for the liberals, and I'm a liberal. I'm definitely liberal, very fucking liberal, but it's going for the liberals who claim not to be racist, okay? This is for you guys. The one, they, I, they're, I think they're also called hypocrites, okay? Because sometimes they do tone policing, all right? Tone policing. This is fascinating to me. Tone policing is when a woman of color begins to cry about their pain, her frustration and utter outrage with the system that is continuing to allow the men her men to be murdered, our babies to be disregarded, and our livelihoods to be dismissed. We're often met with a white woman, and I'll say just a person, but a white woman, who tells us perhaps we should say things a little nicer. Tone policing. Ugh. Tone policing. Okay? That's tone policing. Spiritual bypassing. This is interesting. It's the easiest way for white women to skirt around the realities of racism. It's just to say, love and light it away. I love everyone. Those people that go, I love everyone. I don't see color. That's, that's 
a little bit of spirit. When confronted with the ways they've offended a marginalized group with their words or action, they immediately demand unity and peace and paint those who are harmed as aggressive, mean, or decisive. So basically they're like, yeah, I think we all need to just learn to love each other. That's but it's not, you're not hearing a black woman, and this is all about women, you're not hearing her speak. You're not letting her speak. You're fucking... You're just, I love you. I love everyone. I don't see color. I love you. That's spiritual bypassing. I found this so fucking fascinating. And now granted, I don't really talk about race in, my, in, in stand-up. I mean, I do a little bit, but not like, it's not my thing. I'm not like a social justice warrior. But this is all so important to those people who claim not to be racist. You should be listening. Just listen. Just listen to the other people. That's what they want. That's what everyone wants. The white savior complex. This one's good. Many white women insist that there's no way they could be part of the problem because of their extensive resume of what they've done for you people. <laughs> instead of listening to what women of color are trying to express, they instead whip out the, the nice things I've done for people, black people in the past, which includes everything from saying hi to the black man that lives next door every single morning or saving a black child through adoption and treats them just as nicely as I treat my white children. I've heard people say that. Wow. I've heard people say that. I have heard people say that. Now, can I tell you the opposite is me? Do you know what I said? I used to say this on stage, but this wasn't even a fucking joke. I think if I had a child, I'd love it as much as I'd love my all my children. But I was like, I want to adopt a black child just so I can own a son. So I can name him Albert Charles Chrysler IV and call him Quate. Fuck yeah. Centering. This is the most common of all. White women get so caught up in how they feel in a moment of black women expressing themselves that they, com that they completely vacuum the energy, direction, and point of the conversation to themselves and their feelings. I do, by the way, I do that in my relationship all the fucking time. Leanne will tell me something about how she feels, and I immediately go, that, 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 let me tell you about how I feel. It's called, it's in, uh, in white women's terminology, it's called stealing the thunder. You stole my thunder. They spark to explain why race is hard for them to talk about, what they think would be a better solution to the topic, and perhaps what women of color can do to make things more palatable. Now, here's this. I'm going to end this right now, but I want you to, I'm going to read these, okay? This is, um, um, and normally we watch things, but I just found this. So I, was, I was in the car yesterday coming back from press, and I was like, this is fucking fascinating. And you know, it's, I, I got to be dead honest with you. The only reason I stopped and read this is because of Amanda Seals. I've been watching her Insta stories, you know, and then she's just so, she's been saying shit like this. She, and, and, and I didn't understand it at first. And then I was like, yeah. And then I saw this, this line, this come up online. And I was like, oh, this is what Amanda Seals is talking about. When black, when white women have been calling her out as racist, that white women are calling her out as racist. And I'm like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't think she's racist. I think she's just telling you how she feels. I think she should listen to how she feels. And then I started giggling going, oh my God, you think you're liberal. You're not liberal, you're racist. Oh my God, you're not liberal. Oh my God, you think you're liberal. Oh my God, am I turning into Chris D'Elia? Oh my God. Sat, son, I love when he does that on his fucking podcast. I love I love watching that Chew doing Um I don't I don't listen to it that much. Okay. 
But even in moments of explosive dehumanization of the black community, haven't been able to rally the minority white liberal women to run racial justice. I've learned through my working with white women seems to. Oh, I'm a bad out loud reader. You did really good though up until now. Thank you. I've learned through my work that white women seem only to digest race issues when it's reframed in the light of white feminism. So I have to lay it out this way. Does that, does that make sense to you? Yes. So what she's saying in this is that white women, by the way, I hope this doesn't come out that I'm anti-feminist because I'm not anti-feminist, but I just found this fucking fascinating because Lena Dunham has been lit up for being like a white like not caring about women of color. It's been the biggest problem in feminism is that black women feel underrepresented by feminism because these white women have just appropriated it and made it about their issues. And so... White narcissists who are forever victims all the time, no matter what. Okay. You said it. I didn't, but I definitely winked at you like I agreed. Um, Let me read it one more time. I've learned through my work... I've learned through my work that white women seem only to digest race issues when reframed in the light of white feminism. So I'm going to lay it out this way. When you try to exclude yourself from the conversation of race by saying things like, I don't see color, or I married a black man and I have brown children. That is just as irrational as a man saying, there's no way I could be sexist or misogynistic. I have daughters. (laughs) fucking love this chick bro this chick let's hit her up i want her on my podcast by the way she probably last thing she wants to do is be on my fucking podcast she's like yeah i'm not sure what's her name rachel elizabeth cardial i hopefully she's in new york i could do a podcast with her on i'm in new york um i'm in new york for like two weeks coming up When you seek not to be lumped into the conversation about oppressive systems against marginalized people because you view yourself as woke, you're essentially screaming, not all men. So when you say you're woke, you're wrong. That's the same as when there was a hashtag called uh, yes, all women and fucking a bunch of meatheads were like, not all men. And they're like that. No shit, dickhead. But what they're saying is that sometimes women feel like this, not you, but the fucking guy that delivers the pizza. It was a really great, it was a great, it was one of the best hashtags ever been out there, in my opinion. When you try to rationalize police brutality by saying, but black people also kill black people. By the way, I don't know whoever says that. <laughs> like, I've never really heard a white person say that. Like, man, that police brutality was, yeah, but you know, you guys kill each other. That's a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> if you're saying that, just stop. Just be like, yeah, but there is police brutality. And yeah, and... You're coming in with the same argument that men have when they say she shouldn't have worn that skirt or she deserved to be raped. I don't think anyone should say either of those two statements. I'm not. They do. They they say that shit, though. For real? Oh, yeah. I'm so woke. Um, I'm so I only hang out with Wokies. That's what we call ourselves. The Wokies. Wookies. Star Wars characters. So Wookies. When you walk into a black or brown space and suggest how they can be more aptly how they can more aptly reach white people on the topic of race, you're basically mansplaining. Only now it's white splaining how people of color should approach their own activism. That is all those people that all those white people that joined Black Lives Matters and have organized that like went in to fucking organize that company. You, like there were a bunch of black white people at the front of the marches. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing at the front of the march, bitch? Back of the fucking line. 
Like, you want to support them? Yeah, support them. Get in the middle. Don't make yourself a fucking, I want to be caught online and get a picture of me so I, I look woke. Support them. Financially, su- but who the fuck am I to be preaching? I don't fucking do any of this shit. When you feel defensive about the conversation of race, demanding explanations, it's like a man walking into a woman's space saying, make me feel more comfortable in this moment, even though the point of this space is sorting out how I make you feel uncomfortable every day in multiple ways. Let me tell you something right now. Uh, Let me mansplain something to you, Rachel Elizabeth Cargill. You can write the fuck out of good points. You fucking killed it with this article. You reached a, a meathead. I'm a meathead. And I loved it. I loved it. And I was interested in it. And it made me think differently. But more importantly, it made me want to listen. So thank you so much, Rachel Elizabeth Cargill. Watch my special Secret Time on Netflix airing tonight. Rachel Elizabeth Cargill. Asia Argento. Everyone's like, I can't wait to hear your take on that. Don't have one. Stay the fuck away from that one. Holy fucking shit. That has turned into a clusterfuck of events. Did you hear what the guy said, the kid said today? Mm-mm. Asia Argento. What's that kid's name? Be- something Bennett? The actor guy? Yeah, what's the actor boy's name? Let me look. So those of you who don't know, 17-year-old actor allegedly, allegedly... Asia Argento had sex with a 17-year-old actor who had just turned 17 like a month ago, a month from the time. And this is allegedly. I'm not, I would never... I Look, I will stand by what I say across the board. Due process should come out. Allow due process before you throw someone under the bus entirely. Now, I do understand when someone makes a statement, like when... It, when, when I, I think I've said this before... I think the majority of people who come out and say they've been assaulted, I think the vast majority of them are not making it up. They have nothing to win in making it up. This kid doesn't have anything to win. Um, I mean, I don't think in making this up. I don't think anyone who says they've been raped, I think that my, that is a very small minority is people who make it up. So allegedly, but I, I will say allegedly because you need to give Asia Argento the benefit of the fact because she's a human also. She has sex with a kid, and then she says in these texts that were leaked from a friend of hers, she didn't know he was 17. She didn't know he was 17, he was 17, although she did play his mom in a movie. So she'd had to know he was pretty fucking young. And so she then came out and said that he tried to uh, rub her down for hush money, and and that she said that Anthony Bourdain gave him 380 thousand dollars worth of hush money to get a picture back of them naked in bed the naked picture of them naked in bed is surfaced you've seen it right no are you serious where the fuck have you been for this asia argenta thing i only knew who she was because anthony bourdain and her started dating on like they met on the set of his show they met on the set of his show she was an italian actress they were working together had a little like flirty on set Next thing you know, they're dating. It's Here like, we go. Photo of Asia Argento's 17-year-old actor surfaces. So, I mean, he doesn't look... I mean, I'm not saying that she did... I'm not saying she did or she didn't know, but he doesn't look... He looks like a, a young man. I don't know. I, don't, I never really fuck around with 17-year-olds, but whatever. Now, here, what, what's fucking ironic is Rose McGowan, who was like, believe all victims, believe all survivors, 
uh, if someone comes out with an allegation, we believe them first, came out and was like, don't believe this kid. Let's be gentle. Let's let all the facts come out or whatever she said allegedly. And it was, I thought that was kind of fucked up. It's like, yo, hold your ground. Be consistent, Rose McGowan. Dear fucking thing. She's like, I'm not defending. Nah, you fucking totally are. You completely and totally are. And I think that behavior right there is why most people have, are fucking writing you off because you're not consistent. You just be consistent. Like, that's all. Due process. Say due process. But said should have said that at the fucking beginning. Due process. I want to see what the fuck that kid's name is because he came out with a statement. His name I, is Jimmy Bennett. Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Bennett. They used to call him Jimmy Two Takes because he only did two takes. Oh, so this is kind of weird. Uh, he played her son in a 2004 film. When did they have sex? 2013. So he was so, 17, 2000. So he was like four years old when they were acting together. That's kind of weird, right? Ooh. It says she admitted to making a payment but denied any sexual misconduct. <laughs> but she met him when he was four? That's what it sounds like. Wait, no. She met him when he was four? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> she met him when he was fucking four? No, that can't be right. Do the math again. That can't be right. I refuse to believe Asia Argento had sex with someone that she met when they were four. So he's 17 in 2013, right? But in 2004, they were in a movie together. So nine years before that, right? So 17 minus nine is four. No, it's not. I mean, whoa. <laughs> oh my God, I'm Jesus. retarded. Jesus, don't say that word. Sorry. No, uh, no he was, he was eight. Eight, yeah, eight. eight. That's eight, eight, so eight, much eight. better. Yeah, eight. Yeah, there's a lot of eight-year-olds I meet that I plan on waiting 10 years to fuck. <sighs> Jesus, that's a joke, by the way. This is what I think Jamie Bennett said. I tried to seek justice in a way that made me made sense to me at the time because I was not ready to deal with the ramifications of my story becoming public, he said in a statement to the Times. At the time, I believe there was still a stigma to being in a situation as a male in our society, to being in the situation as a male in our society. I didn't think that people would understand the events that took place from my eyes as a, of a teenage boy. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Did I miss my kid? Come on in. Oh, fuck. I gotta go. Mom's going to get out. Oh, she is? Yeah. Okay. That's all I came back here. Okay. I'm wrapping this up right now, baby. Okay. I'm gonna pee, so... Okay, go pee. I think what he said... I think this is what he said. He said he was too afraid in a shade... A shade... Afraid? A shade? A fade? Afraid and ashamed to speak up when the incident happened. I think he said, I got to find it, but I thought he said the only reason he did it is because he, he saw her coming out as a victim, knowing she had victimized him and was like, I found that to be hypocritical. I don't know. A lot's going out about this. I'm not saying anything. I don't really have a fucking opinion. I'm just telling you what I'm reading online. I don't think this should belittle the Me Too movement, in my opinion. If anything, it should strengthen it and everyone should realize men and women lie the same amount. There's not, women aren't better than men, men aren't better than women. Men and women uh, try to give hush money identically, apparently. Uh, although she said Anthony Bourdain did it and she didn't really have anything to do with it. Come on. Come on. I'm not saying anything. If she says that, then that's what the truth is. He sadly isn't around to fucking disqualify that fact, which is fucking 
infuriating. It's even more fucked up. It's even more fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up in so many fucking ways. Bam Margera was robbed at gunpoint. Bam Margera was robbed at fucking gunpoint. He had been seven months sober. He pulls in. Let's just watch the video of him. Exp- oh, by the way, huge Bam Margera fan. Always will be. Love that guy. Met him in 2000. When I started Birth Conqueror, he came out with Ryan Dunn because Ryan Dunn auditioned for Birth Conqueror too. Hung out with Bam and he was a fucking solid dude across the board. Love Bam Margera. TMZ. I just arrived in Cartagena alone and... I took a taxi, a random one, from the airport to here, and I couldn't speak Spanish, they couldn't speak English, and they translated on their phone for me to read, empty your wallet, as they put a gun on their lap to show it to me. So I did, and I had 500 bucks. They let me go. That was weird. Welcome to Colombia. <laughs> Seven months sober and he has a beer. By the way, I will, all I'll say is... I just arrived in oh, Cartagena. All I'll say is, if that's his attempt to fall off the wagon in like a cool way, I bought it. <laughs> Only a real drinker can see the, see the like, mm, okay, sure. Yeah, you were robbed. You have a beer, relax. Still a big fan of Bams. Sad is that I want him. The Nanette problem. This was an interesting article I wrote. I read about the comedy at its best is when it helps audiences understand their relationship to trauma, not when it makes them feel comfortably woke. Read this article. It's on theoutline.com. It's by Peter Moskowitz. I didn't know that. I thought it was by a chick. Anyway, he says there's a lot of great gay comedy out there. And uh, and he's right. There is some amazing LBGTQ comedy. I wish I could just... I wish I could make it easy. Crazy Rich Asians wanted to cast a lead as the... A white lead as the actress. Scarlett Johansson, they said. They wanted her to play the lead. Did you know that? No. I just made that up, and I hope it goes viral. Scarlett Johansson, let's do this from the top, okay? Someone pull this out and then go, oh, my God, breaking news. Uh, Hollywood apparently wanted Scarlett Johansson to play the lead in Crazy Rich Asians. They said it... It doesn't matter. She's you just when you see her, you see a blank canvas. Asian. It doesn't matter. She was gonna play it as an Asian character. So um, that's interesting. Asia Argento denies it. Asia Argento. I fucking was obsessed with that because I was a big Bourdain fan. So now by proxy, I'm following Asia Argento in this whole thing. Kelly Marie Tran. I will not be marginalized online harassment i don't know what oh she was a girl from fucking star wars mm-hmm. she was the asian chick from star wars and everyone was like she's not she's not even a hot like whatever they said right i think they were just mad that she wasn't white what oh as if there's not going to be asians in the future i have no yeah i don't know they've I, been on the planet longer than anyone i think all those nerdy guys are like, fucking come on. Well, they were on. just attacking her social media nonstop. So, bro, I got your back, uh, Kelly Tran, Kelly Marie Tran. I got your back. You can come on my podcast anytime you want, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, all right, let's real quick. Let's go. One of my favorite things in Google News is go to For You. And apparently, this is all the news that Google thinks Burt Kreischer will like. This is one of my favorite. This could be a new segment for you. We didn't pull up a lot of YouTube videos today. We just kind of went through the news. I'm sorry. Next week will be better. No, it won't. 
I'm in New York next week. Are you? It'll come out Thursday morning. I'm going to come home early. It'll come out Thursday morning next week. For you, here's what Google thinks Burt Kreischer likes. Netflix is the latest company to try bypassing Apple's app store. Interesting. La La Quinta, happy choice. Jeff get UFC. Okay, it's a UFC thing. Another fault man, fall favorite. Infinity War. Steve-O doesn't think Jackass co-star was sober before the Columbia mugging. Oh, shit, Steve-O. We both fucking called it. It's hard to pass one off on a, on a fucking partier. It's hard to pass you're one right. off on a fucking partier. Because I went, oh, he's relapsing. That's so sad. And you're like, <clears throat> yeah, that's just what he's telling the public. It's hard to pass one off on a partier. Fucking good. I mean, I'm celebrating uh, Bam's non-sobriety. I shouldn't do that. But fucking Steve-O and I hit it out of the park. I said the same fucking thing. Okay. Smash songwriter Joe Iconis becomes more chill. Oh, that's the Michael in the bathroom people. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Become more chill is the Michael in the bathroom people. Ariana Grande's ponytail. Peep into her psyche or perpetual headache. These are uh, these are how headlines are written. Okay. Jeff Sessions, U.S. Attorney, hits back at Trump. This is okay. This is Burt Kreischer doing news headlines. So that so that at a monster truck rally, apparently new politics of Hollywood sex scene in the Me Too error. Yogi the bear can't fucking be around boo boo or can he local stories long stalled target shopping senator in Hollywood can proceed appeals court rules. In law, I'm a Los Angeles teacher, and I'm going to vote to strike or recess. They should call it recess, not strike. Oh, don't no, no, no. Quentin Tarantino casts Uma Thurman's daughter. Uma Thurman's daughter in her next movie. In his next movie, Uma Thurman trashed him hard as fuck. Yeah, and he just cast her daughter in his next movie. Come on consistency people consistency that's all we're asking from an inconsistent motherfucker from the biggest hypocrite you'll ever meet just be fucking consistent just be fucking consistent logan paul and ksi fight oh what happened with that fight i have no idea logan fight logan paul and ksi fight explained i guess that happened or no it's happening nope this saturday that's happening. Oh, you know what I wanted to cover? Luis J. Gomez and Ryan O'Neal. You know anything about it? Yeah. Who are you picking? Uh, Luis J. Gomez seems a little more scrappy to me. Luis J. Gomez has been training as if as if Dana White is going to witness this and go, <laughs> that kid's got chops. Let's get him in the ring against CM Punk. I've seen them fighting on Twitter for months now. I've seen them fighting for on Twitter. So who do you pick? I'm going to go, who are you picking? Luis, Luis J. Gomez or Ryan? Yeah, Gomez. You're picking Gomez? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Lewis too. This is an MMA style fight, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> legit real. So how are they going to win? Are we, got, are we talking knockout, submission? I wouldn't be shocked round? if Lewis got him in a submission. If it's a knockout, it's going to be Ryan O'Neal. Why is he bigger? No, he yeah, he, first of all, he is bigger, but he's just he just got his dick knocked in the dirt his whole fucking life in fucking the middle of the country. Big motherfucking dad. Big fucking corn-fed motherfucker. Mm. He's going to throw some Anderson Silva-type right hooks. <laughs> but if it goes to the ground, Lewis, I think Lewis, I think Lewis has just been training so fucking hard. 
Um, all right, home run derby. Ryan Sickler or Jay Larson? Jay Larson. Jay Larson. We're both picking Jay Larson. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I have the free time, I'm going to go down there and show them how to hit a fucking home run. Because that's right. I played college baseball with Don Mattingly. I mean, Dave Magadan. Fred McGriff. That's the end of the episode. My Netflix special is this night, tonight. It's airing right now. If you're watching this, you can now go right to Netflix and watch Secret Time. I love you with all my heart. I'll be in Irvine this week, Oxnard this week, the week after. Then uh, I think I'm in Paris with my wife. Hey, have a great fucking week. I'm sorry we didn't need songs, uh, do any songs, but that was what got us taken off last week, and we got to figure that out. Uh, please don't put what I just... I had all my emails up there. Please make sure that it didn't go straight to my emails and everyone just reads all the press I'm doing. I love you guys. Have a great fucking week. hootie hoo! This episode was brought to you by The Machine.